It is the Chicago vs. United audio podcast. Haima Black here tonight with the members of Gemini Club. We've got Tom, Gavin, Dan, and Gordon. How's it going? Great. Yep. Doing very well. How was your Halloween? Let's start off with that because Halloween just ended, and I know that it's always a huge night in the city. I know you guys played a show, actually. Like, how did that go? Uh show went great. We um, got the crowd going well. More people, more people there than we were expecting. It was nice and packed. And... Um, I got molested. We got to hit a lot of, uh, and we got to hit some fun parties and stuff too. So, you know, a lot of bands when they play out on Halloween, they might wear costumes and they might do covers. Did you guys do any of that, or was it straight up no. Gemini Club? No, no we really. Up. It wasn't really something that we were be interested in, in doing. Tell people because I've been hearing about you guys really heavily for the last couple of weeks. You know, I've been seeing your name online. Uh, I've been hearing people talk about you, seeing your name on websites. For, you know, for different venues throughout the city. But bring people up to speed. How long have you guys been performing as Gemini Club? Three Four months. months. Wow, that's not very long at all. How, how did this? How did it start? How did you guys start playing out together? Tom and I have been writing since uh, last year, but as a it was really just kind of a project, sort of just having fun and doing it recreationally. And then in March this year, Gino, uh, old friend, came on as our manager, and Gordon joined to help us figure out how we were going to perform. And, um, you know, we're not just guitars, bass, and drums, so figuring out how to perform it was a big process in and of itself. And by the time the EP was done and we were able to have a live, an entire set full of material, that was July 10th, and that was our first show, and now we're four months in, and... Things are going really well, moving really fast, actually. I mean, it seems like it because, like I said, I mean, I'm seeing the name a lot. And sometimes when that happens, it means a band's been going at it for, you know, a year, two years, three years, and they're finally starting to break through. But you guys, four months, you already have an, an EP out, right? It's called Future Tidings. It's an iTunes, correct? Right. Yeah. And and to be honest, all this can be attributed to the Gino. I mean, Dan and Who I... Who is your manager, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. Dan and I in, are really musically driven and Gordon as well. But, I mean, outside of that, our business savvy isn't as uh, adept as Gino. And Gino's really kind of gone out and been talking to people. And, I mean, literally within, how do you say, four months, we've been playing more shows than Dan and I would have imagined on our own without him. Now, where have you played in the city or even out of the city, but let people know, you know, right. how, you know, what are some of the spots you've hit? We've well, done... What's cool is we can, the way we work live, we can play pretty much anywhere one of the one of our goals was to be a band that could plug into a dj mixer sure we've played at straight up rock places like um reggie's like reggie's and the hideout and bottom lounge but then we've also played funky buddha lounge sonatech we've played vision played weeds played weeds (laughs) i mean that's something i was going to bring up is i'm looking at your show calendar of things coming up uh this week on the fifth uh, which is thursday you're going to be playing at vision friday which is the sixth you're opening for tiger city at shuba's and then later this month on the 27th you're going to be at abbey pub and you look at that i mean shuba's and abbey pub it's not so different but then you look at vision you know how do you perform in different places like that do you do a different set or are you giving the same set at a nightclub that you'll give at the metro this is the thing that we're um, since we're kind of in the infancy of our set we have um uh, different visions of what a set would look like if we play at reggie's opposed to a set at vision but we're still in the developmental stage right now i think the way that um certain crowds react depending on the venue is kind of what we feed off of vision is much more dance oriented venue so they're ex- they're expecting it and so we can kind of embellish certain dance parts whereas at a bottom lounge you wouldn't really find it well what i find surprising well we Technically, we do not change our set. You know, our set mm-hmm. is where our set is, you know? 
but it really hasn't made any kind of a difference. It's not like when we play when we played the hideout, we played with uh, this other band, the Guy Storm, which is a really straight ahead punk rock band, and they're awesome. By mm-hmm. the way. And you know, we have four on the floor beats, you know, through almost our whole set, and nobody is nobody's, disappointed. No, no, nobody's like. Who are these techno idiots? You know, up on sure. up on my rock stage, they're they they <laughs> my they, pillar of rock. It, it really, it, it really uh, we can. I think we really communicate in a sort of a crossover way to a lot of different ears. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask how the reaction's been at different shows, and it sounds like people are dancing. Do you see that at the rock shows too, or is that strictly something we, you might see at Sano the, or Vision? The majority of the shows that that we go to see, and you could probably talk to Dan and Gordon. It, we go to a lot more dance shows than we than we go to see rock shows but absolutely i mean we're people dance at our shows constantly i mean that's something that we really really strive for and if they're not then we're doing something wrong yeah that's our pretty much our only goal we want <laughs> i was no last night before we played uh betty's blue star lounge last night and you know we so somebody this the promoter comes up and is like listen we we gotta have somebody announce you so our manager gino comes up and he goes what do i say and i go tell him we're gonna make the ceiling sweat you know that's kind of like <laughs> our goal you know it's like we want to be like sweaty raunchy you know like lose your inhibitions everybody's really in just your like face. going nuts you know yeah like because honestly we we are on stage you know at least at some points in the show i'm completely immersed in it and I want people to share Tom that with me. Tom does some pretty crazy things live, actually. I get in trouble. What are we really thinking? Coming to his own. What do we see? <laughs> well, I mean, at he, Vision, he a thirty-foot stack of amps at Vision. Yeah, I mean, in these <laughs> <yeah>. standing. <laughs> Dan called it musical theater. You know, <laughs> we put everything into it. You know, live, and you know, you kind of Dan and I have been talking for a long time about how, like, you go to a rock show and you just are sure you like the music, but you become enamored with seeing the people you idolize play the music and you're more into the fact that you get to see them in person than you are that the the music is being performed live and we kind of wanted to destroy that in the sense that we're um well you'd be able to elucidate that better well it's there's something sort of tiresome about going to a show and looking up on stage and just kind of basking in the light of your favorite rock band and you're not really and not doing anything else and just not being it's just not it's not a visceral single i think experience and what and what we can what we're trying to do is to make something that's absolutely fun for you where it's really not as much about us as it is in the same way a D, the way a dj might think about performing as opposed to i don't know steve well, steve perry i think the whole thing is like you're not going to see gemini club walk on the stage dusty and arrogant and just kind of like go to our stations and like stand there and go through our parts like we knowing that way we are going to move around and me in particular i'm going to go all over the place and we're really i mean we're going to give you every ounce of energy we possibly have for the 45 minutes that we're playing and make the ceiling sweat yeah yeah i mean it's hard it's hard now chicago i mean you know as a city We've had a, a fair share of, you know, live bands, rock bands with kind of an electronic edge, whether it's Assassins or Walter Migo, you know, and now mm-hmm. you guys, not that you necessarily sound like them, but there's... I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, why do you think that that style of music plays so well here? Do you have any theories? We th- in, our, in our interview in your Chicago, it's, we were saying it's because the Chicago music scene is so diverse. Well, there's a difference between having a drum machine and a synthesizer on stage yeah, and, right. and, and what we do, which is complete in total computer integration. All of our vocals are processed through beat synced effects. We are real-time recording, resampling, editing, things that are happening improvisationally 
on the fly and processing those things on the fly. It's a lot more than just having we don't having press a, play. Ha, 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 having, sure. uh, having a drum machine on stage. But you know, I, I don't really know. But I but no, I, do, I, I get I, what you're saying, and it sounds like you, you you know there are bands that just bring up a synth up there, and right. then that's their synth contribution to the sound. But what you're describing sounds more. It's not punk rock and how it sounds, but it, it's punk rock in the approach, and that it's very dangerous. It could go off the rails at any oh, time. Oh God, yeah. Thank and you. it that's sounds a really serious. Off the rails. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like <laughs> once you're once you're sampling with stuff live, anything could happen. I would imagine. Exactly. And so, you, know. you should talk to, really talk to Gordon about this because, like, I, I'm saying I'm playing synthesizer. Dan's playing bass, doing uh, doing editing. Dan's very much in the background. I mean, he plays synthesizer and, and bass and guitar, and he does backup vocals. But Gordon has, uh, he plays an APC-40, and he cues all the drums and any other, you know, surface melodies that we need. And if Gordon miscues something... I mean, yeah. like, or if he put, let's say, I mean, he's got a, for lack of a better word, a whole entire page that he can cycle through that has drum clips on it that he has to pick the right one. If he, instead of clicking down once to find the right drum click, clicks twice and then uh, runs the drums, next thing you know, we're in, in a different song. So he sure. has to be extremely, <laughs> extremely precise. Uh, I mean, he'd be able no. to expl- say it better. No, but that's the thing where we said that we have, you know, we work with the possibility of things not working the way they're supposed to be. And that brings an element that makes it interesting and people can build with us. And we get feedback from the dance floor as well. So, and I think it's instead of having a DJ play some tracks and you feel like start feeling a baseline, we can actually tweak a baseline and we can have much more of a direct interference with the with the dance audience. So, you, you know who else does something similar? And um, I know that this is kind of their approach to recording is the Prairie Cartel, in that they just take yeah. live instrumentation and then they just tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it. Right. And I know that those guys, you know, like Scott Lucas, going in, they didn't have any idea how to even work that equipment. They just said, let's see what happens. And then they built this band around it. I think we're, I mean, there is an element of that. But, I mean, Dan was kind of the brainchild of this project in the sense that he envisioned a way for us to perform live. Mm -hmm. And sure, there is some type of, like, tweaking going on. But our goal isn't so much to say, like, well, here it is. Let's roll the dice. I mean, that's not what we want. We really want it to be precise and give our, and then, you know, we want to be precise about the the way that our songs are presented, but we want to give ourselves some space in between those precise songs to really kind of utilize this technology, which is what we're going to be doing moving forward, you know, like. And we keep adding things too. Yeah. And like, since we've started, we've kept changing, you know, intros, outros, tempos, drums, building new stuff and it keeps developing and developing so that can maybe in two months it can be completely different maybe we'll build a spaceship uh, we don't stop between our songs so that they're uh, yeah it's it's so it is like a dj it's it's almost continuous there are no there are written transitions for every single song i mean it's it sounds like a very intense and precise ordeal but it sounds like there's a lot of attention a lot of care and a lot of thought put into it you know yeah. as as opposed to other bands that get up on stage drunk and then they're just like let's play the three chords well, we get up on stage drunk yeah. but, <laughs> but, but 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 you know we're we're also trying to yeah i mean last night was kind of really interesting because we get done with the set and the dance floor is full so this drum beat starts going and i go over to dan i'm like start playing something in the bass you know so not in the uh, uh, bass uh synthesizer 
Mm-hmm. So Dan starts playing, and I start glitching out my vocals. And we literally have, like, this improvised eight-minute jam. And I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of that type of stuff. That stuff is kind of interesting because it is different, and you know that every time you see the band, you're not going to get the same show, which I think is yeah. is pretty appealing for people who might go and see you guys repeatedly. Oh, and- yeah. Are you starting to already at the shows you're doing see the same faces out in the crowd and see people coming back who are we, really... We see the same faces a lot, yeah. Speaking of people really appreciating you guys, I have been, you know, like I look online, I think I'm following you guys on, you know, maybe Twitter or Facebook, but I see you've been getting love on like Hype Machine, you know, uh, my buddy Michael Wing, he's written you guys up at his Members yep. Only AV site. How much of a difference has, you know, the online support and the online presence made in terms of like expanding awareness. From day one, we wanted to be the internet-enabled band. Yeah. So those have been our main goals, or getting on, basically mm-hmm. getting on Hype Machine. Like Gino and I, all of us really, have been emailing blog after blog after blog after blog, and finally broke, broke through the noise. I mean, you know? and yeah. Yeah, Michael and, and Lewis's uh, partner, sure. are, um, who They've are been great, though. who have been, been great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Those guys are great. They just started that blog, and you know we were their f- second post, and that was like really cool that they let us be you know one of their inaugural posts. Mm-hmm. And um, we had the uh, and you are is now all internet. And yeah, and those guys are really inter- tied they, into the, the dance rock scene and, you know, yeah. a lot of things like that. You know, I mean, it's just really great because it's kind of like leveling the playing field for people who are talented musically that really don't need to break their backs to get into the business side of things. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, Gina works extremely hard to, to make these things happen, but I think the Internet has just kind of like leveled the playing field for us and allowed us to get our music to people that otherwise, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we would have never been able to. Absolutely. Well, I think it's cool is it just lets us sound how we want to sound and find the right people. Let the people come to you who right. are going to appreciate that sound. Right. As, oppo- as opposed to having to model our sound around. Around the model that, you know, right. sells magazines or radio exactly. or anything. Uh, what's coming up in 2010? More recording, more yeah. shows. Like, what are we looking at next year more, for the band? Well, obviously, you've, we've got our shows coming up um, this week, and then the day after Abbey Pub, we're also playing the Empty Bottle. So I mean, we're going to continue to play shows, and we're thinking in December, we're, I'm sure we'll play a show or two or five. We we never really know, and we're going to be recording. Um, we're not sure if it's going to be an EP or a full length album. But in late December, early January, Dan Gordon and I are going to sit down and get to work on the follow-up to Future Tidings, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. But we have the Loft Tour, too. Really what I'm thinking we're going to be doing next year is really attacking our live show with a lot more precision. And um, not saying that we don't have it now, but have it get to a state of absolute and constant evolution where there is all songs are existing at all times and we can jump back and forth and it's completely, completely on the fly. And strange to say on in an interview, but actually gigging less and moving towards DJing a lot more mm-hmm. and then really reserving those live shows to be something really, really special, you know. To make more of an impact. Right, right. Because yeah. right now, right now we're just basically stampeding our way through things. And, uh, you <laughs> but, know, you, you know you're up. getting noticed and, right. and people are, like, you know, like we said, for, you know, you've been around four months and people are really aware of you guys. So it's working. What you're doing is working, getting on the blogs, playing out, getting the name out there, getting on these venue websites and getting on the music sites. So... I think that the strategy you guys are using, very successful. And, you know, I've listened to the music. I really like Gemini Club, and I'm excited to see what you guys do because I feel like this is just the beginning, and this city is so receptive to bands that, you know, take chances like yours. So I, I, I see bigger things coming down Thank the pike. You. 
where can people hear Gemini Club? Where's the best place to find you on the web? What websites would MySpace. you direct people to? Uh, yeah, right now, MySpace. MySpace are, but um, if you want to stay, stay connected with us, uh, the Facebook page is really what we yeah. really push. So. It's much more interactive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, obviously, we're on uh, Twitter, and we're on uh, Amazon.com, and we're on iTunes. So, I mean, iTunes is probably the best way if you like it and you want to put it on your iPod. You know, don't go download it, because I will find you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but well, unless you want to remix it, then we'll give it to you. Yeah, and, yeah, we're always open to finding someone wanting to remix, and we're always, always open to remix reputable, great dance acts. Gemini Club, thank you so much for coming thank up. Thank you. And we will be watching you guys in the future thanks this has been the chicago vs. united audio podcast for the dynamic dynasty Hima black dynasty descend